Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to go over some transactions, some current Bengals headlines. We're going to do an overview of the Bengals offensive line. We're going to talk about some breakout candidates for 2021. We're going to also discuss some Bengals free agent signings throughout their history. And Slider Art is going to come by to talk about the state of the team. The unofficial Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Bengals Headlines So this week the Bengals released The Vision by Elizabeth Blackburn. And this was her commentary on where the team should be going in the future. It represents high standards, connection with the fans, an enduring legacy, and I'm really on board with Elizabeth. You can see that she's a lifelong Bengal fan. She's been living and dying by this team since she was born, basically. She's an Ivy Leaguer. She's bringing in a youthful, passionate intelligence. She cleaned up the social media. She, she has the idea of bringing this team into the new century. You know, we've been a family organization, and ownership is, you know, up there in years. It's nice to see that we have some younger blood coming into the management team and the ownership team that's really excited and wants to make changes and wants to keep the team relevant and up to date. And just the fact that she came up with the vision where she wanted to communicate with the fans and say, hey, I get what you're saying. This is where I want the team to go in the future. You know, I I just think that's a total positive. So I'm behind the vision. I'm behind you, Elizabeth Blackburn. And let's go. You know, let's go forward into the 2020s and 2030s and 2040s and become the dynasty that we all dream of being. And the fact that your main message was you want to keep it fun and have the team be more successful, you know, you got to be behind that. So Lamar Parrish came around and was talking to Bengals.com this week. He is still one of the coolest Bengals ever. Even I know he's probably in his 70s by now. But, you know, look back on his career. 47 interceptions, 13 touchdowns, 8 Pro Bowls. I mean, this guy was a special player, a Bengal for life. And he had a quote which I think they should just print out and post in the defensive backs room because I think every cornerback should have this mentality. I knew the game and how to play cornerback. I mastered that. I put up numbers and teams didn't want to throw it to me. That's just so cool and so confident to hear those words spoken like that, especially by someone who backed it with their play on the field. And that's the case. Corner's a tough position. You know, you're trying to follow guys that are world-class athletes And you don't know where they're going. So you're anticipating things. You're trying to read body language. You're trying to react to things as they happen. The rules are all against you. It's a very tough position to play. But you know what? If you're an NFL cornerback, own it. Master the position. Learn how to cover guys. Make it so they don't want to throw at you. All right, so on to some transactions. The Bengals re-signed one of my favorite players, Clark Harris, New Jersey guy, 1,699 snaps without a quote-unquote unplayable snap. So he signed a one-year deal. So at least we have him around for another year. I hope that continues into the future. He's going to pass Anthony Munoz in games played as a Bengal. And the cool thing about him is he doesn't have any recollection of his good plays and his bad plays. Just like a defensive back, you have a short memory. You can't linger on things at that position. They call it getting the yips. And we've seen that happen to a few long snappers, and then they're done. Brad St. Louis, same thing for the Bengals, had like a decade of almost perfect play. And then he got in his own head and messed up a couple snaps. Next thing you know, he's out of the league. 
So Clark Harris, keep the attitude that you have, keep that mindset, keep doing what you're doing perfectly as you've been, and let's work on getting you a Super Bowl ring to cap off your career. All right, so other transactions. They re-signed Jalen Davis to a one-year contract. And if you remember, he played in six games for the Bengals last year, so he, he got a little bit of experience under fire. He was in there for that Pittsburgh game that we got killed in, in the midseason. So he's experienced in facing a good receiver core. You know, we'll see. He's going to be, obviously, a practice squad candidate. But the fact that he got some live action like that is going to really help for the future. And they released B.J. Finney, which ends the Carlos Dunlap chapter. Again, to quote Tom McLevy, they traded Carlos Dunlap basically for a bag of balls. We got a guy who played in one game. I don't even remember seeing him out there. And we got a seventh-round pick coming. You know how I feel about those late-round picks. And we had to eat a few million of the salary cap. So that was the case. You know, you like to think when the Bengals made that deal, they just wouldn't have taken Finney. But I think Seattle insisted on us taking Finney so they could also clear a little bit of cap space because they're taking the big Dunlap hit. So even though I like Carlos Dunlap and I think he had a great career as a Bengal, it almost goes back to the Marvin Lewis adage of addition by subtraction, right? They dumped a big salary. They dumped a disgruntled player. Didn't really get anything back for him, but that's the way it goes. And, you know, we're going to move on. So again, I wish you luck, Carlos Dunlap. And as far as the Bengals go, we'll see what the future brings as far as edge rushers. (laughs) Roster analysis. All right, so regarding the offensive line, you guys know my mantra for this year of getting two top free agents and two top draft picks on the offensive line. Because if you look at our roster, which I'm going to go over right now real quick, I don't know if there's a lot of starting quality offensive linemen on there. So let's go through the groups. So at guard, you have Spain, who's a free agent. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. Suofilo, Redmond, who's a free agent. I don't know if he's coming back. Jordan and Keaton Sutherland. You know, with all due respect, I don't know how many guys in that group are actually elite starters in the NFL. Maybe Spain? Suofilo's been a career backup. You know, Redmond had his moments, but I know, you know, a lot of Bengals fans are not really into him as a player. He has his ups and downs. And I've been backing Redmond for a while until actually the other day I saw some film of TJ Watt just stunting on him twice, like almost in a row in one game. And it was like, man, you got to pick those up. You know, those mental errors just can't be permitted. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at at guard. The best one out of that group is Spain, and he's unsigned. So you move on to tackle. Jonah Williams, Bobby Hart, Adenogy, Johnson, Prince. How many real starting quality guys are there in that group? You know, Jonah Williams, yeah. I mean, Bobby Hart has been up and down his whole career. Adenogy had a a couple good games, a couple really bad games. So there's not a lot at the tackle position to rest on either and say, hey, we're good there. And then you move on to center, and you have Hopkins, who's injured, and Price, who is my man. I'm rooting for him. I I hope that this is his breakout year with Pollock coming back. But up till now, most people would say, you know, he's a backup. So there it is. I just went over guard, tackle, and center. How many legitimate starting players are in that group? How many pro bowlers are in that group? I don't know if there's any. I mean... If you really press it, you might have two to three guys in that group who could be starting. And that's the reason why I'm saying we need four new offensive linemen. You know, Suofilo came back, had a decent year. Maybe he's a guy who fits in that rotation somewhere. But I still think you need one to two tackles. You need two more guards. And you have to figure out what's going on at center. I hope that Billy Price is the man. And if not, you know, Hopkins is coming back. But even so... With all due respect, there's no pro bowlers anywhere on this offensive line. 
So when people think I'm crazy and say we need four new guys, go through the list that I just went through and you tell me who's going to be starting next year. You tell me how many of those guys are going to contribute to a dominant offensive line. I think we need to regroup. We need to bring in a handful of new guys and have everybody fight it out. You know, and some of these guys can be valid backups. Maybe increase their game to the level where they do break into the starting lineup or if injury or opportunity presents itself, you know, they come in, rejuvenate their careers. But as of now, we need some serious help at that position. And we have high picks in the draft, and we have a lot of money in free agency. So this is the time. You have to fortify that line. You have to keep Joe Burrow protected if you want to move on for the future. We can't think that we're okay with what we have and maybe add another guy or two. It has to be a complete overhaul. And once we do that, you'll see this team be a lot more successful. Twenty twenty one breakout candidates. All right, so on to the breakout candidates for the Bengals for 2021. So let's go through a few of the younger players on the team that have the potential to do really well in this league. So number one, Khalid Kareem. You know, a late-round draft pick. He showed a lot of intensity last year. He was a hungry player. He hustled. He made some big plays. He made a couple of big blocks in special teams. So he's a guy keep an eye out for this year. I don't, I don't think he's going to be starting at one of the defensive ends, but they're going to rotate him in there. You saw as the season went by last year, he got more and more snaps. So maybe the second year for him, the light goes on even more. The hustle continues to stay there. They put him in positions to succeed, and we have a good rotational defensive end in our hands here. Number two is a combination of guys. you got Wilson, Pratt, Gaither, Bailey. We're just waiting for one or two of these linebackers to break out. And they've all shown flashes. Wilson had some big, heady plays last year. Pratt increased his game. His tackling was better. I saw him go sideline to sideline, which is really good. Gaither, he gets his hands around the ball. You know, he made a couple big plays last year. He's good in space. He's a good cover guy. Maybe that kind of hybrid linebacker of the future. And Marcus Bailey didn't see much playing time, but now he's going to be two years removed from that ACL injury. So this is the year for him to step up. So I'm waiting to see which of those linebackers is going to be a breakout player in 2021. Then as far as the defensive line, you have Rennell Wren coming back and Josh Tupo, you know, and, and they both seen a little bit of time and haven't totally flashed yet, but there's potential there. It's a matter of good coaching. Maybe having DJ Reader next to them will take some of the pressure off them. And those are two other guys to look out for that can possibly improve this defensive line. Travion Williams. He flashed in his limited appearances. I know he had the one fumble last year, but he also had some good games, some good carries, and we don't really know what to expect out of him. But what we do know is that he has young legs, he's got fresh legs, he's got some mileage left on him. He's obviously a hungry player. They've kept him around for a couple years, so they do like him. And the key to him breaking out, truthfully, would be if something happened to Gio. So we really don't want that to be the case, but if Gio goes down or if Gio struggles... You know, Travion Williams is that third down back. He'll get a chance to get his opportunities. So you never know what the future is going to bring, but he's another guy that could possibly break out under the right circumstances in 21. And another player who falls into that category of he kind of needs like an injury or something to happen in front of him is Akeem Adenogy. And again, he flashed in a couple games last year, and then he looked lost in a couple games last year. So we don't really know what to expect out of him. He's got a great mindset. He comes from a strong family. The sky's the limit for him. You know, he had a great career, captain, four-year starter, the whole deal. And if he gets his chance to play, you know, it's your second year now. It's time. You want to you preserve your NFL career. 
and you want to be in this league for years to come, you know, it starts right now. It starts with getting in the lineup. It starts with protecting Joe Burrow. Maybe Frank Pollock will have a good impression on some of these younger offensive linemen, too. Free agency. All right, so with free agency coming, I thought it would be fun to go over some of the free agent pickups that the Bengals have had over the years. So we all know the reputation that the Bengals have of grabbing second-tier guys or maybe guys that are quote-unquote damaged goods and spending money on their own players. And, you know, when I analyzed all the free agents in our history, it's kind of true, unfortunately. Most of the big Bengal free agent signings have been our own players. And that's good when they're superstars. But when you're investing in guys that are not taking you to the next level, you get in this vicious cycle of not being a good team. So last year they had a little bit of change in mindset, and they did grab a couple top-tier guys. You know, Von Bell was very sought after. DJ Reader was sought after. Trey Waynes was sought after. So last year was one of the few exceptions where they got some guys that other teams were really going after. But if you look at their history... It really is a case of grabbing second-tier budget guys, and that has to change. And I think it, I think last year was a step in that direction that we're going to change it. And the fact that they have so much cap room this year again, hopefully they do the same thing and not just settle for your Gabe Jacksons or, you know, your second-tier offensive linemen. You know, you go after your Toonies. You go after your Trent Williams. You go after the big players. You did it last year. Let's make this a trend for the future. Elizabeth Blackburn, if they're listening to you in that room, Get in their heads. Let's go. Let's go for top-tier guys. All right, so let's go back to some free agents in our history. So Adam Jones, one of the best defensive players in Bengals history, contributed to a bunch of playoff runs, one of my favorite Bengals, a superstar on defense, a lockdown corner when he was on, a great returner, whole thing. But Adam Jones was a cast-off. Adam Jones was a guy that no one wanted to sign because of all the legal problems. So, you know, the Bengals got lucky there probably one of the top free agent signings for us of all time, but it wasn't like we jumped after a marquee guy. We jumped after a guy that no one really wanted. Bobby Williams, another great Bengals signing. And, you know, he wasn't a big name when he came out, but he was a top guard. So that might be an example of a guy that was one of those top tier guys, but not totally sought after by the league. We were lucky. We put him in there. He played next to some good players at right tackle, and he really shined for us. So another great free agent signing but not at the top of everyone's list the year that we signed him. Cedric Benson, great Bengals career. In that 2009 playoff game against the Jets, there were very few players that were standing up that game. Everyone was wilting, and I watched it, and I was just like, man, no one is ready for this game. He was. He showed you, I'm a player. You put me in the postseason, I'm going to shine, and he did that game. Another guy, you know, he was cast off from the Bears as a disgruntled player. No one wanted him. So we got lucky with him as well, but not a top-tier guy at the time. Dahani Jones, he revamped this defense. He became a leading linebacker. You know, he played, I think, three and a half years for us, led the team in tackles for three years. Great player, but at the time, he was a guy that was kind of nearing the end of his career that wasn't at the top of everyone's list. Reggie Kelly, great career as a Bengal, but really kind of a blocking tight end that we grabbed from another team. Again, not another marquee free agent. Chris Crocker, he was on the scrap heap from the Browns and you know various teams that he played for. And you know we brought him back and got good production out of him. Jeff Blake, that's a waiver wire pickup. Jeff Blake gave the Bengals fans hope in 95 and 96. We were lost for those few years. You know, it, we came off David Klingler 
and it was just a train wreck at quarterback. This guy comes in with Blake Amania and throwing all the deep balls, so it was very fun for a couple years. You know, his career kind of trailed off after those first two years, but a very good pickup. But again, a player that when they picked him up, no one even cared or knew who he was, me included at the time. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, you know, a Patriots guy, wasn't at the top of everyone's list, came in, had some productive years for us. If you want to go back even before then, you have Derek Brills, uh, Richmond Webb, you know, those are guys on the offensive line, you know, that, that played well but weren't really sought after. When we got Webb, he was nearing the end of his career. And then when Marvin Lewis took over, we grabbed that trio of defensive free agents right away, which kind of set the standard for moving forward. And they were good pickups. And aside from the DJ Reader, Waynes, Bell, Alexander, Suofilo, you know, that splash that we did last year, I would say the last big splash was that first year of Marvin Lewis. And it was John Thornton, it was Torrey James, and it was Carl Powell. Again, if you guys are younger, you probably haven't heard of most of these guys. And Thornton was an up-and-coming defensive tackle at the time, but not a household name, not a coveted free agent. Torrey James was in kind of the middle of his career and, you know, a very good corner, long arms, a lot of, lot of turnovers. But another guy that was considered second tier, Carl Powell, the same thing. And he ended up just being like a rotational backup for the Bengals. So, I mean, those were three great signings that really helped the leadership, but they're not marquee guys either. And that falls into that second tier cast off. Those are the guys that we've been grabbing. And it shows Unfortunately, it shows that we don't have any rings, and we, we subscribe to this mentality of throwing money at our own guys, some deserving, some not deserving, but not really putting big money elsewhere, looking for the discounts. So you have to think about it. You know, discounts are good. When you get value there, you look like a star, but discounts are discounts for a reason. Let's get some proven commodities in here. You know, we've had some good luck at corners. Ashley Ambrose was kind of a top-of-the-chart kind of guy, and he had a great career for us. Again, back to Torrey James, another great career. Terrence Newman had a very good Bengals career, but again, he was another guy that you thought was basically retired when we picked him up. Jeff Burris, same thing. Jimmy Spencer, another corner that paired with Ashley Ambrose for some really good years. Another guy, not a household name, a second-tier guy. So that's been our history. We changed that in 2020. Let's continue that in 2021. If you want to keep up with the teams that are at the top of the league, you go in aggressively, you spend money, you let them know that Cincinnati is the place to be. You have Joe Burrow there. That's going to help in attracting free agents. Cincinnati is on the map despite a bad record last year. People know that we have some really good players and really good potential. So that's what I want to see for the Bengals. I mean, and then there's a million free agent signings that didn't work out. I think the worst one in our history was Antonio Bryant. He was a wide receiver that had played for the Browns. You know, he was, he was with a couple teams, had a, a decent career. But when the Bengals got him, he had a knee injury. He was damaged goods. I don't know what happened with the medical staff examining him. And the story goes that he played in one practice. And that one practice was able to activate his roster bonus, and he got $8 million. After that practice, he was hurt, never to be heard from again, eventually waived. So that man got $8 million for one NFL practice, oddly enough. So we're signing in history. Sam Adams, again, that was another guy. He was nearing the end of his career with the Ravens. We tried to bring him in. Not really much luck there. Lavernius Coles, an aging player. Terrell Owens, I mean, he had a good year for us that one year, but obviously he was near the end at the time. A bunch of aging linebackers. A.J. Hawk, Carlos Dansby, Minter, Preston Brown. None of those guys worked out. And it was because we didn't chase the top guys. We chased the second-tier guys that we thought, oh, you know, this guy's 
you know, still got something left in the tank and he's affordable. No more affordable. Find a way to make it work. We got some good minds in that front office. Katie Blackburn starting to master the cap. Elizabeth Blackburn coming in. Troy Blackburn. You know, Mr. Brown, Mr. Tobin. There's a lot of good minds there to not find a way to make this work. Even extend ourselves a little bit. Even be not profitable for a year. Which is hard to do in the NFL with all the TV revenue and all the money that comes in. As Michael Kay, an East Coast, the Yankee broadcaster always says, he's, he's a, he has his own talk show too. But he says the NFL prints money. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars are worth more than most of the major league teams. You know, so there's no excuses. Put the money in. Take the chances. Let's go. And I know this year in free agency, it bit us a little bit, right? We spent the big money on Reader. We spent the big money on Waynes, Suofilo. All those guys were hurt for most of the year, if not all of the year. So unfortunately, you do run that risk, but you can't let that define you. You can't just be like... I don't want to sign these big ticket free agents, have them get hurt, and it's a waste of money. Yeah, that's going to happen. But you're also going to get some dynamite players that can take you to the next level. So we really need to change this mindset. And one more free agent I wanted to review was Antoine Odom. And he was a guy who was kind of in that first tier of defensive ends when he came out. And he just got so unlucky with the Bengals. I I think in his first game or two, he had like a five-sack effort against Aaron Rodgers in one game. And then injuries, and I think he had some kind of house fire, and like a whole bunch of stuff happened where he never really got to show what he could do in a Bengals uniform. So yeah, we got that one really great game out of him. Maybe the best game out of a defensive end in our history. But that was it. Almost like Antonio Bryant. You know, he got paid all that money for one day's worth of work. Sign me up. The unofficial Bengals podcast would like to welcome Slider Art. All right, we're here with a special guest on the unofficial Bengals podcast. One of my friends from Instagram, and we have just logged in hours and hours of DMing each other about all things Bengals. I I knew this was a great guest to bring on the show. I'd like to welcome Slider Art. Sly, how are you today? Good, how are you doing, man? All right, my friend, so let's get right down to business. What do you think about the Bengals' offense, how they perform this year, and possible acquisitions for the future. All right, as far as breaking out first question, how they perform this year. Coming into the season, I had somewhat high hopes just because every year our team looks pretty good on paper. I mean, you have Joe Burrow coming in. Everyone knew he was going to be a stud. Everyone knew he was going to, you know, put on display. We're kind of lacking in the receiving department, honestly. Now, what do you think they should do about it in free agency in the draft? Personally, I want to draft Pitts. Someone who's 6'6", can, can run like that, can line them up anywhere on the field. You see teams that are really successful, Baltimore, Kansas City. You take Kelsey off of that offense, there's no way they make the Super Bowl. You take uh, Mark Andrews off that offense, there's no way that Baltimore makes the playoffs. So I think if we have a guy that's just a go-to guy, big-bodied, can get open, scary in space, scary with someone on him, that'd be a pretty big asset for Burrow. So Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And I know that we were talking about this a couple weeks back, and you did mention that you felt having a dominant tight end was necessary to being a good team. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I really do agree with you. And if you look at Kelsey and, and guys like that and Andrews, I mean, they had no passing game except for Andrews over there in Baltimore. What do you think the key to fixing the offensive line is? There is a whole lot of offensive line 
available this year. I know people are going crazy with free agency saying we should sign anyone, but here's kind of my train of thought. Anyone that is available right now in free agency is better than what we have. So I think if we try and just throw money at all of them, really doesn't matter. Obviously, we want Tooney. All right, well, let's shift gears and move on to the defense. So how did you feel about the Bengals' defensive performance this year, and what do you think they can do in free agency in the draft to improve that unit as well? As far as the defense goes, I'd say uh, incredibly disappointing. A lot. I was a lot more disappointed in the defense than I was the offense. We just signed Alexander. We signed Waynes. We signed Reeder. We signed Daniels. Drafted all of these guys at linebacker signed Von Bell, I figure, all right, we're starting to look like the defense that we used to have. Within the first couple weeks, that was pretty clear that this was going to be a struggle to watch. Did you feel it was the personnel or the scheme? If you look, you just see people so out of position, just to the point where people are walking into the end zone. I would say it's probably the scheme. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, we were beat up the entire year. Reader was out pretty quick. Gino was out. When Dunlap was playing for us, he definitely lost a step. I, th- I think they handled the situations really badly this year. What do you think we should do personnel-wise in the draft and free agency to improving this defense? Corner is something that uh, we really need to work on. A lot of it is going to be if we sign Jackson back, if we're going to have to pay a ridiculous amount, He's not a corner one. I don't know. Hopefully, Way- Waynes can um, come in and be as good as everyone has been talking about. Maybe get someone like Boye, who, you know, has been good for a while. Maybe we go after someone like Terrence Mitchell, you know, poach one of Cleveland's guys. Pretty big fan of Xavier Rhodes. All right. Well, excellent take, Sly. It was a pleasure having you on. How do people find you on social media? Uh, just uh, slider underscore art on Instagram, Lucid Rain podcast on iTunes and Spotify. If you ever want to talk to talk about the Bengals with me, you know, my DMs are always open. I always am ready to talk about it. Excellent. Yeah, we've logged in a lot of hours. It's always enjoyable talking to you about the Bengals. Sly, thanks for coming by, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be the free agency edition of the unofficial Bengals podcast, and we're going to welcome in Tom McLeavy and Sands as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the ZDN Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at ZDN Network on Instagram or Twitter, and Zedia is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.